Hi, my name is Kirk Hamilton, and this is the Staying Healthy Today Show. This is a show where we bring you key experts in the fields of nutrition, prevention, integrative, and lifestyle medicine. We review case studies, and we also review the medical literature in nutrition, prevention, and lifestyle medicine. Today's show topic is the potential benefit of combining red yeast rice and berberine on lipid and blood sugar control. Our guest today is Mark McCarty from NutriGuard Research in Encinitas, California, and he co-authored a very interesting paper entitled Red Yeast Rice Plus Berberine, Practical Strategy for Promoting Vascular and Metabolic Health in Alternative Therapies, Health and Medicine, 2015. So, uh, Mark, welcome to the show today. Thanks very much, Kurt. You know, I must uh, plead um, somewhat ignorance. I, you know, I, I use red yeast rice a lot, and I always say red rice yeast instead of red yeast rice, but so bear, bear <laughs> with me if I do that. Um, but, yeah. And I use berberine because I do a lot of stool exams, and the culture and sensitivity comes out for berberine, but I've been very ignorant of the vascular and metabolic benefits of berberine and, until recently. So your your article crossed my path and I said, you know, I need to educate myself better because I've just focused on the antibacterial, anti-yeast, anti-parasite type uh, applications of berberine. So your article was perfect. Thanks for writing it. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, the berberine has been used uh, in an herbal form in Chinese medicine for for quite probably for centuries, but uh, more, more recently in the 20th century, it's been used primarily to control certain uh, diarrheal diseases, bacterial diarrheal diseases. It's, uh, it, has, it has some antibacterial activity that's helpful in that regard. And uh, while, while Chinese physicians were doing this, they noticed that their diabetic patients uh, were getting better control of their glucose while they were on the berberine. And uh, they did some more formal testing of this and found that indeed it has a... Uh, uh, anti-diabetic effect that's really quite mechanistically comparable to the drug uh, metformin. And if I, if I wasn't mistaken, also you said that it was also used for like heart failure as well as diabetic conditions? Yeah, when they started to use it more broadly clinically, they also found that uh, people in heart failure were doing better and they, they found that it could actually increase uh, ventricular ejection fraction and walking distance in, in, in patients who had uh, a heart failure. So it was uh, the, the three primary uh, applications in Chinese medicine have been uh, for diarrheal disease, for, uh, for diabetes, and for heart failure. But one other thing these researchers noticed is that um, LDL cholesterol tended to come down. And uh, this, this was a little bit, this was one way in which, in which it wasn't comparable to the drug metformin. Mechanistic research on berberine determined that it has the same target of action as metformin, the AMPK kinase, which uh, which plays an important role in blood sugar control, but which doesn't uh, lower LDL cholesterol uh, to a notable degree. In other words, metformin is great for your diabetes, but it doesn't do much for your LDL cholesterol, whereas berberine tends to have a comparable impact in regard to glycemic control, but it also brings down LDL cholesterol. And... Uh, so about just about 11 years ago, uh, some some uh, Chinese scientists in Beijing published a very important paper in Nature Medicine, in which they demonstrated the key mechanism of action by which a berberine lowers LDL cholesterol, and it turned out to be a mechanism that is totally complementary to that of the statin drugs, and and let me explain that the. The way the statins work is they, they inhibit the rate-limiting enzyme for cholesterol synthesis so that the cholesterol content in their liver cells goes down. And when that happens, 
a transcription factor which is required for transcribing the, the gene for the LDL receptor uh, is upregulated. And so the net effect of statins is to enable your liver cells to transcribe more of the messenger RNA that makes the LDL receptor. Now, the Chinese scientists who are working with berberine found that berberine had no impact on the transcription of this gene, but what they did find is that, that it made the messenger RNA survive a lot longer. In other words, the level of a messenger RNA is a function not only of the rate at which it's transcribed, but also the rate at which it's broken down. And they've determined that there's a protein which causes this messenger RNA to be broken down, and berberine suppresses its production. So that, you know, once you transcribe this messenger RNA, uh, it just lasts that much longer, and you make that much more protein from it. And they then demonstrated that there was complementarity between a statin and berberine in, in liver cells with respect to the expression of LDL receptors. And, of course, the way that both these work is if you make more LDL receptors in your liver, you, you draw the LDL cholesterol particles out of the bloodstream and lower your LDL. So the berberine would potentiate the duration of the cholesterol-lowering effect of the red yeast rice? Right. In other words, the, the, well, no, it, 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 it uh, potentiates the impact on the LDL receptor the expression of the LDL receptor. In other words, statins enable you to transcribe the gene and make more messenger RNA, and the berberine makes the messenger RNA last longer. So there's a multiplicative effect in regard to the, the amount of LDL receptor that's made. Seems like some drug companies should have come together and tried to put them both together. Uh, no, actually actually, what the, um, what the Chinese researchers then did is in their, their pioneering 2004 paper, they'd actually done an open clinical study in which they gave uh, modest doses of simvastatin and berberine and showed a, a 35% reduction in LDL cholesterol, which was, you know, really, really pretty impressive. Now, this was, uh, and they demonstrated the same effect in, in rodents in this paper. Now, some years later, or several years later, they published a control clinical study in which they demonstrated there was complementarity between simvastatin and berberine in lowering LDL cholesterol clinically. And I think it was when I saw that that it suddenly occurred to me, well, hell, I mean, if, this, if, if berberine works in combination with statins, why shouldn't it work with red yeast rice? Well, let's talk about red yeast rice for a second. Let's go backtrack a little bit. Explain to the audience if there are statin components in red yeast rice or lovastatin, the mono, monocolons, um, one of them is from red yeast rice or, or from, I, I'm not sure how it's made. You tell me how it's made. Then, yeah, well, it's, a, it's a traditional Chinese food, and you take wet rice and you ferment it with a fungus that's called Monascus purpureus, and this is a food, and it's been used traditionally in uh, uh, Chinese medicine, and for some 1,200 years it's been used in Chinese medicine. Uh, it so happens that the drug lovastatin is actually a naturally occurring compound that was characterized by a Japanese uh, scientist back in 1979 as a compound in this fungus, Monascus purpureus. And he happened to, he was interested in cholesterol, and he happened to show that this compound, which, which, uh, can, which is called monocolon K, uh, there are a whole range of, of homologous compounds in red yeast rice called monocolons, and one of them, monocolon K, is the compound that later was uh, trademarked with the name lovastatin, and it has the characteristic uh, 
ability of statin drugs to inhibit HMG reductase, which is the rate-limiting enzyme for cholesterol synthesis. Uh, do all the monocolons lower cholesterol to some varying form? I'm, I'm, not a sh- I'm, not, I'm not aware of evidence that has looked at other specific monocolons, but I think there's pretty good consensus that uh, the other monocolons do contribute to the net efficacy of red yeast rice because the typically monocolon K constitutes about half of the monocolon content, and the effective, the, tr- the standard dose of red yeast rice monocolons is usually about 10 milligrams per day. So in effect, that should be equivalent to about five milligrams of lovastatin. Well. As far as I know, the lowest uh, pharmaceutical dose of lovastatin is 20 milligrams. That's pretty low, and it's pretty likely that the other monocolons do uh, contribute to the efficacy, and there are probably other bioactive components in, in red yeast rice which uh, have additional properties, which maybe we can discuss later. Well, so then in red yeast rice, you have lovastatin, essentially. Yes. Now, I may I should uh, clarify that depends on how you ferment, the, how you make the rice. Uh, these preparations are not necessarily high in monocolons. You have to use a strain of rice that you know it varies from strain to strain. So you need to select the right strain, and for for that reason, you can't just use any old type of red yeast rice and presume you're going to get a benefit in regard to uh, cholesterol. You need to you need to use one that has a uh, defined monocolon content. And, and, and the first uh, study, the first controlled studies with red yeast rice for cholesterol, I believe they were uh, done at UCLA by Dr. Haber, and they uh, provided 10 milligrams of monocolons uh, mono, uh, per, per a day. And that's pretty much become the standard dose that seems to be well-tolerated and yet has uh, reasonable efficacy. Now, wait, so when you say monocolons, you're talking in general, you're not talking about monocolon K, correct? Is it when you when correct the 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 uh, monocolon preparations usually state their total monocolon content, but in most strains the monocolon K constitutes about half of it. Okay. So if if it claims ten milligrams, you can pretty much count on it having about five milligrams of monocolon K. But that might not be the only component that matters. So is that why the so why can it be produced and the drug companies don't get all upset? Well, they do get upset, and in fact, uh, the uh, these red yeast rice products, according to the FDA, are not legal because a judge ruled that uh, selling red yeast rice that had a defined uh, monocolon K content violated Pfizer's patent on uh, Lovastat. And uh, beyond that, they're now they're now also going after red yeast rice because they claim it's potentially dangerous, which is uh, really rather absurd. But put it this way, the side effect attributable to statins, which are, uh, which are important, especially the, uh, the muscle side effects, uh, the potential for rhabdomyolysis, and also the hepatic damage, these are very rarely seen with standardized doses of red yeast rice. I mean, there are just a handful of reports in the medical literature of people who've had a a clinically significant uh, effect in that regard. Nonetheless, it is appropriate for people who sell red yeast rice to point out that there is a potential for such side effects. And if you, you know, if you're using red yeast rice and you start to experience unexplained muscle pain, then you should probably stop using it and go see your doctor and see if your, you know, your CRP level is elevated, uh, you know, some index of uh, muscle damage. But bottom line is, the real interest in red yeast rice is that uh, there are quite a high proportion of people with high cholesterol who do not tolerate statins and cannot take statins. And a number of studies have shown that uh, the great majority of these people can be put on a standard dose of red yeast rice and tolerate it well and uh, achieve a useful reduction in their LDL cholesterol. 
So it's a reasonable it's a reasonable alternative for people who are uh, statin intolerant. So why can I still buy red yeast rice? <laughs> I, I'm still a little confused. Uh, incompetence, I suspect. Uh, <laughs> the, you know, the FDA says one thing, and that it'll it'll make a little effort to do it, but you know, it doesn't do it the whole way. And you know, my uh, I have friends who are buying some very fine. Uh, brands of red yeast rice are working very well for them, and uh, so far the FDA hasn't touched them. But I can tell you that um, I have my own little nutraceutical company that never makes any money. It's sort of a labor of love. And after I published my paper, I thought, well, you know, maybe I should try to produce a, a combination red yeast rice berberine supplement. So I called my manufacturer and uh, proposed a design. and. They came back to me and said that, uh, well, you know, the other customers that we've uh, made red yeast rice products for are being harassed by the FDA, and they're now assaying their products. And if their products contain any measurable level of monocolon K, they're being pulled. That is weird. And so my manufacturer told me it would be uh, too hazardous to try to make this product, so I I gave up. The good news is that uh, you can buy berberine, and uh, there are some... Uh, fine brands of uh, red yeast rice still on the market that have a defined monocolon content. My other question is then, if red yeast rice is, quote, natural and it's got all these monocolons in them, why doesn't it create similar side effects of, as, say, you know, a, a more purified statin, so to speak? Well, the uh, monocolon K content is about 5 milligrams, which is a quarter of the lowest dose of lovastatin. And lovastatin isn't one of the more of the potent of the statins. So okay. I suspect that, you know, maybe if, if uh, the pharmaceutical companies would market 10 milligrams of low statin, they have a more tolerable drug, but they don't. Bottom line is that when people use a defined dose of a well-made uh, red yeast rice, they tend to get, you know, a reasonable reduction in uh, LDL cholesterol, somewhere around 20%. Was the, 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 first, uh, the first control study showed a reduction of 20%. Well, a common dose said is 1,200 milligrams twice a day of a red rice yeast product. Is that in the ballpark of the 5 or 10 milligrams of monocolons? Well, it, it's, uh, you really should denote it in, in terms of the monocolon right. content. It really doesn't matter what the concentration is. It's just the total amount of monocolon per day. The, uh, the product that I'm, I'm advising my friends to use is a time-release one that a single tablet a day does the job, uh, and it provides 10 milligrams. It's the 600 milligrams of yeast and uh, 10 milligrams of monocolon. All right, so what would be, obviously you threw these two together to create the idea that they'd probably be synergistic. What would be uh, a berberine dosage daily that would provide the kind of cardiometabolic protection? The standard berberine dose in Chinese medicine has been typically 500 milligrams three times a day or twice a day. Uh, most, you know, it's most practical for people to take it twice a day. So I'm, I'm, I'm recommending to friends take it, uh, take 500 milligrams twice a day, take a time release red yeast rice once a day. And that's, uh, that's working very well for them. I can, I can tell you a story about why I, ha- I came to write this paper. I had written a, written a memo about this. I, you know, the, when the 2008 paper of controlled study with simvastatin and uh, berberine came out, it occurred to me, well, hell, if you can do the statins, why can't you do it with the red yeast rice? So I wrote up a little proposal that I showed to some people who, who were into making supplements, but they didn't show much interest. So I just sort of, you know, left it in my file and didn't do much for it with it. But 
Oh, about a year ago, a good buddy of mine who has had a terrible LDL cholesterol problem, he must have bad genes because he's a pesco vegan and he, he's maintained his high school weight and he exercises, and, uh, and yet he just had difficulty controlling his cholesterol. And his doctor put him on a couple of drugs, a Zia plus, uh, plus a step, and uh, his uh, LDL came down quite nicely, but his uh, liver enzymes went through the roof. And uh, his doctor had to take him off it, and his LDL cholesterol went right back up into the undesirable range. And my friend asked my advice about what to do, and since he was statin intolerant, it occurred to me that he might tolerate the red yeast rice. Okay, and then I also remembered my uh, idea about adding berberine. So I suggested to uh, Bob that he uh, uh, go get a particular brand of uh, red yeast rice, which has a documented colon content. And then I got him some berberine, and uh, I told him what doses to use. I one, one tablet a day of... Uh, 10 milligrams of monocolon with rice and uh, two, two 500 milligram capsules a day, once or twice per day of, 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 uh, of berberine. And uh, he went, he tried this and he went back to his doctor uh, two months later and both his LDL cholesterol and his triglycerides had dropped by 35%. And uh, by the way, uh, statins do not typically lower your triglycerides to that degree, but, uh, but berberine can. So that's another example of the complementarity. In any case, a 35% reduction was, uh, was rather spectacular, and it was for that reason that I resurrected my old memo and turned it into a formal paper. And he had yeah. no side effect of the elevated liver enzyme like he'd had before with the statin, correct? No, no problem at all, which is what one would expect with, I mean, as I told you, there are many uh, uh, clinical studies that enrolled people who were statin intolerant and put them on uh, red yeast rice, and, you know, 95% of them tolerated perfectly well. Yeah. So I wasn't surprised at the tolerance. And as far as side effects, we we I wanted to ask you about the coenzyme Q10 because it's it's one of the things that I've seen lowered and it's in the literature. You it doesn't seem to appear to happen with the red rice yeast. No, I can't say that. I can't say that. I'm not sure that I, I can't remember what I've actually done the formal search on it, but I I don't recall seeing any uh, paper either as a case study or as a formal trial showing a an impact on uh, coenzyme Q levels. But I do think that, uh, you know, un until there's an all-clear on this, I think there is a theoretical possibility, in effect. It might, my guess is it would be very small. But, uh, you know, if you're in a situation where you might need optimal CoQ uh, activity, like, you know, say if you have congestive heart failure, then uh, you might want to monitor that when you use red yeast rice. But, I, you know, at this point, I'm not sure that it's received adequate uh, investigation. You know, I jumped into the interview so fast, I forgot to ask you about your educational background. So we can do this backwards, but that's okay. So what is your educational background, and how did you get into the nutraceutical business? Well, I spent three years at UCSD Medical School, which was enough to convince me that I probably didn't want to be a clinician. And during the course of that time, I developed a lot of interest in the uh, potential of optimal diet and supplemental nutrition to optimized health, and uh, unfortunately nobody else I knew interested in this, and I found myself sort of uh, square peg in a round hole, I guess, and I eventually left medical school and took a job with Nutrition 21 in, in San Diego. Uh, they introduced uh, selenium and chromium as subgrants, and I caught on as research director there and spent a fair amount of time with them. I also ultimately founded my own little nutraceutical company, NutriGuard, and I've Told uh, various consulting positions with uh, nutraceutical companies or uh, medical clinic, and uh, all during this time, I've been busy uh, searching, 
researching the literature and writing speculative essays. I think I published nearly 300 uh, essays that are cited on, uh, in PubMed to this point, uh, primarily on nutritionally related topics, although I do have published a fair amount on cancer therapy and uh, certain drugs. So how do people uh, get a hold of you if they want to see what your company does? Do you have a website? Uh, yeah, you can go to NutriGuard.com. That's N-U-T-R-I-G-U-A-R-D.com. And, you know, that'll introduce you to the range of products that we have. It's not, it's not a terribly comprehensive uh, selection. We're, we're a small company, but, but we're proud. And I think we have a, at least a few products that are, uh, that are novel and truly interesting. Well, Mark, thanks so much for coming on the show today. You actually helped me learn a fair amount about uh, berberine and, and red yeast rice. So thanks again for coming on the show. It was my pleasure, Kirk. Thank you very much. And I want to thank you, the audience, for listening to this edition of the Staying Healthy Today show. Remember, you can go to my website, stayinghealthytoday.com. The podcast will be posted there. As usual, I always put a summary and a link to the abstract uh, so you can read more about it if you go to the post there. It'll be uploaded to iTunes. Uh, sign up for my health letter. Uh, you have a fabulous day, and I'll talk to you soon.